Welcome to Morning Commute. I'm Brad Doles. And I am Sam Albert. You know, Brad and I have been friends for many years. Uh, that's true. Probably, I don't know, five or more. And we've built this friendship on making conversations that we talk about basically anything we can think about. It's like no topic is off the table. And so we wanted to open that up and share that kind of talk with other people. Yeah. So we devised this podcast. It's a 20 to 30 minute podcast in which we just kind of freeform talk about the things that we talk about all the time. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Morning Commute. Hi, Sam. Hello, Brad. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. All right. As we spoiled on yesterday's episode, we actually got a couple of uh, messages. This is so exciting. I have. Okay. So I guess I think I'm only going to spoil like i think etiquette on this is unless they tell you that you shouldn't say what their name is mm -hmm. i think i will risk saying um my aunt's name because okay. one of them is related to me uh the other person since i didn't ask i think i will leave them anonymous Sounds so good. the question for you is my aunt or anonymous one of them has to do with atheism and one of them has to do with your relationship i think we should be fair who wrote in first oh that's good um that would be my aunt all right let's let's tackle atheism all right so this is i'm just going to read it from top to bottom because it's only well it's five paragraphs long but each one of those paragraphs is only one or two cents okay all right it says hi brad heard you had a podcast and had to check it out. I've been using podcasts as a sleeping aid for years. Having listened to five or six, I'm ready to say good job. Side note, that feels pretty good. <laughs> I'm the non-believer in your extended family. So your wow. atheism comments allowed me to compare your path to mine. Unlike you, my parents were nominally Christian. That is, they sent their kids to Sunday school. I simply found I lack the faith that is demand. I am not concerned if God exists. Sam, you and Brad think deeper thoughts than I do, so you nudge me to be less lazy. Your friendship adds a lot to the podcast, and I'm glad I subscribe. Right now, I'm reminded of ways the Great Depression affected my parents and grandparents, and wondering how the coronavirus will change your generation and your dogs. Best wishes on all your ventures, Aunt Tony. Thank you, Aunt Tony. That was so sweet. It's a nice letter, isn't it? Very um, much so. And I should say, you don't have a dog. Daughter. She's speaking of my daughter, in mm -hmm. case people got confused as to what the email was talking about. I have an imaginary daughter, <laughs> but that's for another episode. <laughs> None of us are surprised about that. <laughs> Um, all right. So I guess, do you have any, um, do you have any tidbits about that? Any feelings? Well, yes. First of all, if Aunt Tony is listening, thank you very much for those sweet comments and for taking the time to listen. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, Brad, for you, how it feels to hear from the other non-believer in your clan and what that means to you. Yeah. I mean, this will sound older, but it doesn't really mean anything to me. It's just another non-believer out there. <laughs> is it, is it supposed to mean something? I mean, it's, it's it's nice to have, I guess it's nice to have someone in the kinship that thinks the same way that I do. That's what I was wondering, because sometimes we talk and you're like, oh, you know, I feel so different from the rest of my family. Yeah. And I was hope hoping that that 
I don't know, sparked a sense of connection or a feeling of, okay, you know, I'm not out here by myself, the one, you know, fork in a sea of spoons. No, I'm still that fork. Uh, okay. When I say my family, for the most part, I mean my immediate family. Okay. Other family counts too. A lot of my father's side is religious. I was going to say crazy religious, but if we measure it against my dad, nobody's crazy religious. <laughs> Um, but his cousin, like, I'm going to get some facts wrong, but probably none of them will hear this, so it doesn't matter that much. They went to, like, Africa and drilled wells and built churches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, well, drilling wells is a very kind and compassionate thing to do. I think building churches is kind of a waste of time. Right. So I still have a good level of strong religion out there in my family. And I don't think... I. I don't want to downplay it because I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything to me that she does, that she's a non-believer, but I don't think it affects me as much as having a father and a mother and a sister who are religious. Okay. The other part of her letter that stood out to me was how the coronavirus might affect our children. For those folks who have children, I don't, but you do. Have you thought about that? And what do you think? I have thought about that. And I haven't thought about it so much as my daughter, because I don't think that her experience will be that much different than mine now, but I could be wrong. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I, okay, so I'll, I'll back up. What I've thought of in the past is, depending on how long this takes, how will it affect people who, like, pick when you think your first memories start happening, when you first start becoming really conscious and, and, and developing memories and those those first memories what happens to what is it like for someone whose first memories are the year that you could never go outside oh gosh you know the year that i was taken out of school and we didn't go back for a year you know that's what, intense yeah it's it's weird right because it's a it's a bookmark in history for us mm -hmm. it's it's rough but it's not like how we learned the world Yes. I worry about that too. When I went to the grocery store the other day, there was this adorable little girl. She looked maybe seven, maybe eight. And I know people have earlier memories than that, but she was wearing a mask and so was her mom and they were going through the grocery store. And all I could think of was how is this virus and the fear associated with it shaping her comfort level with life and the chaos of life? And is it is it making her stronger and more resilient? And will she now go forward being better capable? to deal with stuff as it crops up because she did have to deal with this at a young age? Or is it going to make her terrified of all the bad things that can happen every time you step out your front door? I think because of the way you like to frame things, you're overplaying the fear. Okay. I think most children probably don't have a fear at all. They just know that there happens to be a list of rules that have to be in effect. You're, you know what? You're right. I have a friend who has two daughters and when school ended, I had written him to say, how are they doing with this? You know, they're taken out of school. Are they okay? Right. And he wrote back and he said, Sam, what are you talking about? They're thrilled. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the default right now is most people, most kids are probably just fine. It's interesting because I have a, uh, an older friend who is 80 
and was born during the Holocaust in Germany. And so it was very much grew up a war child and experienced lockdowns and, and, and hunger and lack of resources. And um, ironically, we were talking and she was saying, why is everyone freaking out about toilet paper? We used to cut up newspaper into squares and we were only allowed one square each because there was no toilet paper, you know, during the war. And so this to her is just a blip on the screen. She thinks people are being ridiculous, which has its ups and its downs because I don't know if she's taking the precautions she needs to take just from a public health standpoint. Right. But from an emotional standpoint, she's like, why is everybody whining? I had to hide in the school basement during air raids. Yeah. She's, she's, I think, without revealing too much, she's not taking it seriously. No, no, she's n definitely not protecting herself or others. And I wonder to what extent is that just a sense of privilege because she also happens to be quite wealthy and, and often isn't told no, or to what extent it comes from growing up as a war child and experiencing the horrors of World War II literally at her front door. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I it think it's more the second one. I think that that hardened her. And if I had to guess, which is only thing that I can do. I think she's she's can more identify with an enemy that you can see. Ah, ooh, that's good. Yeah. So I think that she's probably more focused on well, what this isn't hardship. This isn't this isn't even real. Yeah. This, this isn't people coming to your door and executing you or however you want to put it. This isn't wiping your ass with a newspaper. This is this is nothing. Um and she exaggerates that into literal nothing. Knowles, you nailed it. You nailed it. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. She asks about you all the time, by the way. My heart is hardened. I know. <laughs> What other thoughts did you have about your aunt's lovely note? I don't know. I mean, when I think of children, I don't think of my daughter because I think of her as full grown now. Mm -hmm. but and she is. I mean, oh yeah, she absolutely is. But I guess what I'm saying is I'm kind of uh, defending myself because I my brain thought of like, how does this affect children? But I'm also mm -hmm. trying to, and the only thing that I can identify with is 23-year-old Brad. How would he handle this? Depending on, I guess it would depend on what her situation was. I guess one thing that's worth mentioning because I'm doing so much guessing, I don't talk to my daughter right now. We, we had a falling out. It is personal enough for her that I don't want to mention the details of it on here because mostly because I hold out hope for being able to Respectful. talk to her. I, have, I hold out hope for being able to talk to her in the future. And I don't want to do anything that would jeopardize that. And I think that that um, speaking of, of that conflict could jeopardize it. So you might say respectful. It's also very selfish because I want to see my daughter again. Well, yeah, you love her. It's coming from a place of love. Yeah. So I wanted to get all that out of the way. So if it sounds like, well, what do you mean you don't know what it's like for her? Just ask her. I can't. I, I've tried talking to her and she doesn't respond and I don't push it too much because I want to give her the space to figure out all of the stuff on her own. Mm -hmm. But um, but the reason it sounds like I'm being sketchy about like I don't know what it's, what it's like for her uh, is because I, I can't ask her, I can't talk to her. If I thought she was in danger, I'd try a lot harder but I don't. I think that she can handle herself and it's not like this virus, this virus is dangerous for everybody but it's not particularly dangerous for someone in their 20s. It's more dangerous for someone who's, say, our age and up. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went down a rabbit hole there. Am I too lost? No, I actually have a tangential question, which right. is because I was in my 20s, and which means you must have been 12. 
when 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And for me, I remember 9-11 as being a, a huge moment in our history nationally and therefore as, as a member of America in her 20s, it was a significant moment. And I'm wondering if this in many ways is their 9-11. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think it absolutely will be. Um, not necessarily because of what's happening now, but because of the world that they'll be introduced to after this. Mm -hmm. I don't think right now, maybe, well, I, I've been pretty upfront about the fact that it, this hasn't really affected me that much. What do, what do you think? What does, what does right now look like to her? Yeah, see, I, I can't speak to it either because as we've talked about, my life has changed very little. I've been extremely fortunate that not much is different in my life, which may speak to how I was living on lockdown even before we had to live on lockdown. <laughs> but So here's the guesses that I would make. Okay. Um, I think that she was, last I heard, she was working with her mother at a restaurant called The Snowcap. Okay. I don't know. I would guess that she is either laid off or lost her job from that. Mm -hmm. The last I heard, and this isn't too bad to mouth anyone, but the last I heard, her boyfriend did not have a job. And the way I understand the system right now, he won't be getting extra unemployment benefits for this coronavirus thing because it will be seen as her, his lack of having a job is not coronavirus related. Right. I'm not actually in that position, but that's the way I understand the rules right now. So that's the way, what I would guess. But your daughter might. Yes, she might. The last I heard, they were struggling a bit because they didn't have a roommate and they needed to fill a roommate slot. That might have changed, but okay. I don't know. So it feels like life for her might be tough right now, but it might be about as tough as when I was 20, you know, just because, <laughs> just because you don't have a whole lot of money then anyway, and, and all of the stuff that comes with that. I guess for someone who's, who's that age and maybe is trying to be more social and figure out life, it might be more difficult to be locked in than the actual financial part of it. What do you think? Yeah, I was thinking very similarly, because I think we're all kind of used to being tight with money, worrying about money in our 20s, and for some of us again in our 40s. But for social people, this has got to be quite difficult for young kids. Yeah. Young adults. I also know that she likes video games, and I believe she converses with people over the internet anyway, like mm -hmm. doing video games and stuff like that. So it's very possible that for someone like her, who happens to be already living with her boyfriend, life maybe isn't that much different. Like she can still have fun with her friends over the internet and finances aren't that rough. She just has an excuse to stay home. Or maybe her life, maybe she's like, I, I don't know her now. It's been years since I've talked to her and I don't have an influence on her life. Maybe she's going out and partying with people. It's really, it's, it's impossible to really know right now. I think you bring up such an interesting point though, which is the way that society is set up for young people. And I'm thinking when I say young, I'm meaning like, you know, 20s and even on down to 9, 10, 11, 12 year olds, so much of their communication is done online. I'm thinking of um, someone I know who has a nine year old and she plays some game called like Roblox or something where she can chit chat. So she'll chit chat with her friend down the street over the computer. So maybe things aren't that different for kids, except they have more free time. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I'm scared of, if she ever did listen to this, is downplaying how much misery she could be in. But if I, you had to take anything away from what I'm saying, it's 
that I have no idea. It's hard for me right. to, to guess. And if she is listening, he's not trying to downplay any misery. He's just trying to figure out maybe what the world looks like and probably would prefer to think that you're having a comfortable, safe time. I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, she's a non-believer. We're brilliant about the way we talk about stuff. I mean, who knows? Gosh, clearly. Uh, right now, I'm reminded of ways the Great Depression affected my parents and my grandparents. I'm wondering how the Great Coronavirus will change your generation and your daughters. Also, my generation was in there too. You know, I kind of think of my life as not having much of a generation left. What do you think? <laughs> I totally agree. I feel like we are completely irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, I really think this affects more people who haven't lived much of a life. And that isn't to say that it won't affect us, but I think we feel like we know what life is like. Uh -huh. and, and when we get out of this, it will be way different, but we'll just be like fine tuning those dials based off the previous baseline. Whereas for people younger than us, coronavirus world becomes the baseline, mm -hmm. which is, it's fun. Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that's a weird thought. Go ahead. I was going to say similarly that I, there are definitely moments during this whole thing where I've looked around and thought this feels unreal. It feels like something, it doesn't even feel like a good sci-fi movie. It feels like a movie you'd watch on the sci-fi channel starring Ian Veerling or whatever. And, uh, and Tiffany, it just, it feels it feels coming up fake. after Sharknado. Yeah, exactly. It it feels really fake to me, even though I know that this is the new normal for a while. However, what really changed things for me, and I hearken back to 9-11, is that kind of popped the balloon of that thought process where America was kind of untouchable. Up until right. then, I'd had the privilege of thinking that nothing really bad happens. I mean, I knew pop yes, of course, there's poverty and there's racism and inequality and gang shootings and drug use. But I just sort of felt as if we were untouched by really horrible, horrible things. Yeah. I was so naive and, and privileged and sheltered. But after 9-11, it kind of opened my eyes to like, oh yeah, really bad things can happen anywhere. And so this does, this just feels like an extension of that. Why would we be exempt from something really bad happening? We, we aren't. Yeah, I think, I think we were all suffering from that too. I think that myself included prior to this, you hear about this coronavirus thing that's happening in China and the back of your head goes, okay, bird flu, um, SARS. Yeah. That might be bird flu. Uh, H1N5, that might be bird flu too. I don't know. I'm throwing out all this. But, you know, diseases that happen in other countries that we know, we hear are a big deal. But it's like, well, but that doesn't really happen here. And mm -hmm. they, they did happen here, but they didn't happen on that scale. And they weren't as contagious as this. So right. I think we all kind of felt like, yeah, those diseases happen somewhere else. They don't happen in America because we've been vaccinated with Americanism. Yeah, that's exactly it. And and this can teach us no, like bad things happen everywhere. And mm -hmm. especially things like viruses don't care what is fair or unfair, don't care whether or not it, it's it's hard to know what the, the future of this looks like. And there's things that people will criticize, like conservatives, oh, they're worried about an economy, but that's a real fear too. Like what does, number one should be the health of everybody and what we're doing now is necessary, but we should also somewhat be concerned of, all right, what happens after this? What jobs survive? How does the world, how is the world different than it is now? How long does it take to get a vaccine? Once we get a vaccine, some diseases like mumps, you, I think I'm going to get some of these wrong probably, but some diseases, I think like mumps, like measles, 
you get the vaccine and you're, you're vaccinated for a long time. There's mm -hmm. things like the common cold, which by the way, common cold, a coronavirus, mm -hmm. vaccinations don't hold. Right. And that's the big controversy right now. Yeah. But the, the real question is, like, nobody knows. Yeah. How, how long does the immunity last if and yeah. when there's a vaccine. And that's all just to say, who knows what the future looks like. That's why I think about kids, because if this is over in July, then this is just a blip in their childhood. But if this is over in July 2021, if this is over in July 2022, <laughs> like this, mm -hmm. I don't want to be fear mongering, but I think everything is still just a little bit scary now. Is we don't know how long this can be and we don't know how long we can take it. Well, and it's interesting too, that perspectives are so different because I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in Chicago who is literally living below the poverty line. I mean, he was before this all got started. He was trying to find work as a waiter because that's uh -huh. where the bulk of his experience comes from. And so he was really worried about money before this all started. And then coronavirus. And so now he's thinking, oh my gosh, well, no one's going to hire me to be a waiter now. And even when social distancing restrictions are lifted, it's still going to be a long time before restaurants are back up and running at full capacity. They're not going to be hiring then. And he was saying how hard it is for him because he talks to his brother who lives in the South, who has a well-paying job that has sustained through the virus. And they're worried about, you know, well, their kid doesn't get to go to soccer camp this summer. And that's a really big deal to them. And meanwhile, my friend is like, I don't know how I'm going to eat tomorrow. Yeah. And just the different the different ways that this affects people and what they consider to be important. And and again, not to belittle those folks in the south, you know, his brother in the south who is legitimately worried about his kid missing out on an experience. But you have to put that up against my friend who's like, I don't know. I mean, I might max out my credit card getting cereal. Does he get coronavirus benefits, or because he was unemployed previous, he doesn't? He does not. That's yeah, scary. So scary. He's really in a tricky, tricky place. Yeah. Yeah. None of this is fun. And I'm I'm less concerned about now than I am the future, which is why I don't think about the future a lot. I just try and think one day at a time and kind of figure out, like try and save up now because the future could be rough and who knows. I get this weird, this might sound awful. And if it does, I'm sorry, I don't intend it to sound awful, but it's just authentically what I think because everyone is kind of in a bad situation really no matter what your situation is I mean everyone's struggling on some level it's as if it's a great equalizer in a way and so when things start to open up we're all kind of in the same boat and oddly I find comfort in that yeah I don't think that that's true but you it's don't. true on a level well one of the things I was wondering is some of these people that just have boatloads and boatloads of money that don't have to worry about anything ever. I wonder if there will be a point at which the government just has to say, and I don't know if it's going to happen with the president we have, but if the government just doesn't have to say like, look, you're going to be taxed enormously now because it's the only way that the rest of the world survives or the rest of the nation survives. Well, it's interesting you say that because that friend I was talking about who is living below the poverty line, his father is fairly well off and he was complaining about, you know, the money that he's losing in the stock market and how much his you know, money, his total net worth is going down by so many hundreds of thousands of dollars. And again, he was very panicked about that, even though he'll mm -hmm. be okay in the long run. And again, that's juxtaposed against my friend who's literally like, yeah, dad, I understand that you're panicked, but let me just tell you, I can't afford bread. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, well that's well, the wow, this, end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> this did not end like a Disney movie. That's for sure. Yeah, but that's fine.
I mean, that's, those are the stories where, where they take us, you know. The, the really compelling yeah. question is what, what world are we going to be released into? And I think the answer right now is who knows? Yeah, it's a very to-be-determined thing. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to take a guess, you can always let us know what you think by emailing us at morningcommutesambrad at gmail.com or leaving us a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash morningcommutesambrad. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, thanks a lot for having this conversation, Sam. Thank you so much. And thank you, Aunt Tony. <laughs> thank you, Aunt Tony. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.